welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right, it's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic in Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobread wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is romantic. Last year at CERN, I had the privilege of meeting my fellow nurse friend, um, and he was the brave man at Surge Women's Conference. It was really fun. If any man can do it, Ryan White can do it. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Ryan is a father of four boys. Bless him, everyone. He's a Bible history nerd, former ICU nurse, nursing IT geek. Ryan hails from the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Ryan's passion in teaching scripture is digging into the original culture, historical, and literary context and connecting that to your world in meaningful ways. His mission is to guide you to a deeper understanding of the Bible. You know him from Saturday Church, Jesus in the Feast, Faith in Messiah Ministries. I'm going to put all the places to stock Ryan in the show notes. Ryan, welcome to Messy Antics. Thank you for having me. It's a honor to be here. <laughs> um, I'm going to start off like we start with everyone by asking the question, how did you get into all of, what's your story? How'd you get into this Torah thing? Yeah, so I was actually raised in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So I had a close background to a lot of this. Uh, anyone who's not familiar with that, that's the Seventh-day Adventist. So, you know, keeping the, the Seventh-day Sabbath, I uh, kept, I, I was raised vegetarian, so it was never a, a hard choice for me not to eat pork. Um, feast days were were new, but a, a lot of that similar stuff. I did have a, a, you know, teenage rebellious stage that probably lasted until I was, it was while I was in the Navy in the nuclear field. Um, so I've, I've had a couple different career changes in my life. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was actually right after I got out of the Navy, I was, I don't know, 26, 27 years old, somewhere in there. And it was right when I was in nursing school, God hits me with this. And, and by the way, I'm in a 15 month BSN program, second degree, what normally takes people four to five years. I was learning in 15 months and God wow. like calls me back to him and brings me into all of this. And so I'm, I'm like studying scripture like crazy and setting for nursing at the so same time. So I had to pause you right here. I always <laughs> say like I was in the military and I'm like nursing school, boot camp, nursing school, boot camp. I'm like, eh, I would rather do boot camp again. So to hear you say that, it's like, ah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was intense. And and then my goal was actually to go to be a, a CRNA that's nurse anesthesia. And so I went right into the ICU work after that. Um, I've, I've only ever done ICU nursing 
And yeah, it was uh, it was an intense journey for sure. Well, what was the big wake up? So how did he what was, was there a moment? Did someone hand you a track and say, look at this is Torah. This is what you need to do. You know, I, I was at a point where I, I, I don't consider myself an atheist, more agnostic. I, I wanted to believe in God. I didn't see a lot of evidence for him at the time. Um, and it, it was, and I'll, I'll freely admit it, it was a Michael Rood video, um, something about Zechariah's thermonuclear war, which nothing against Michael Rood. I, I think that, that God has a calling for him. But as I look at that video now, I'm like, how in the world did I ever think that that was any sort of legitimate interpretation? <laughs> but you know again and this i mean this is what's helped me just relax and say you know what even if someone's in my opinion completely off base in their interpretation god bless them if they're out there spreading the word i mean who am i to say anything to anyone about their you know their ministry or their interpretation as long as it's not creating you know uh, oppression and, and and hurting people um yeah i mean that's how i was brought in and i i i I personally wouldn't watch those that video again but (laughs) (laughs) i love i love that that's how that happened for you uh there's very few most that have said oh i watched a video or i got a you know someone gave me something to read um when you saw the video did it send you into what was the first thing you began like observing or changing in your life um I think, I, I mean, I went back to deciding I wasn't going to, I mean, to the best of my ability as, as a nurse, you know, you, you're, you're in a profession where you do have to work on the Sabbath, but um, my big thing was doing my best not to work on the Sabbath, you know, even at work, uh, I, I work night shift and there's a lot of downtime. I did a lot of reading. So I would always, I mean, even, even my reading, I would try to change what I was reading Um what I did though is because I grew up and I hated the Sabbath as a child. I, my favorite thing to do on the Sabbath was go to church and get the church bulletin. Cause it had sundown times printed in it. And then I would come home. The adults would sleep, but there's always one watching you to make sure you didn't <laughs> sin. Right? Oh, geez. And, and we could only play like Bible Pictionary or felts. That was it. <laughs> and I would just sit there and I would stare at the clock and I knew the minute that it was sundown so I could get, get back on with my life. Um, so that was one thing that I I just committed that I would never put myself in that situation nor put my kids in that situation. So when I started, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to keep the Sabbath for five minutes today and, you know, just, just start to work. I, I did not want to put myself in a place or my family in a place where, where I became miserable on that day. Thank you for sharing that because I think that many will come into, you know, Torah and they start observing Shabbat. Like if they, that Sabbath, they come into that and instantly they feel like, okay, I have to be Jewish. I have to now buy all new dishes and I have to buy all this stuff and I have to do this certain way. I love that you, I heard you just say, I'm going to do it for five minutes. I mean, what a great place to start. So if you're listening right now and you're, I mean, you are not alone if you're feeling overwhelmed with all the things, because I don't care who it is, they're going to tell you they did too, even if they look like they have it all together. And sometimes the simplicity, I mean, you, you start one thing at a time and don't take on a bunch of tradition that isn't yours to take on. If it, if it feels awkward, then let it go and just 
start with five minutes, start with a something small and then you do it for 10. Right. Yeah. What, what does Shabbat look like for you now? You know, it's, it's actually changed quite a bit. Um, over the past couple of years, we had been going to a local congregation and, um, unfortunately uh, the, all the kids moved away. I have five young boys and all the families with kids moved away and they do an hour and a half of music followed by an hour and a half to two hour teaching. And it got to the point where my wife was just sitting in the basement with my kids. And so I said, we can't do this anymore. Um, so now we, we are at home. Um, and it just, it, it varies. Um, you know, we'll, we'll do some Bible study. We might go, um, to the zoo. We've got memberships there. Um, now that it's uh winter in Minnesota and we already had our first snowfall, we're going to have a lot less options, but, um, I mean, to me, it's really, it, it's about taking time to be with your family, just taking a time, you know, everyone has a different, they're at a different place in their life. And where I'm at right now in my nursing career, I have a, just an extremely mentally taxing job. Um, oftentimes I'll get done working and my, I mean, I, I just have a headache the rest of the night. And so for me, the biggest thing is, is I need a day where I don't check my work notifications. I don't think about work. Um, and that was something that I learned in, I think it's in Amos eight verse six. If I'm remembering off the top of my head, there was just, uh, it was, a, a book by Walter Brueggemann that, that really brought it out. And he, he pointed out here that God is, is chastising the people because they're keeping the Sabbath, but they're saying how long until sundown until we can start selling again. And he, he pointed out like when you're take, keeping the Sabbath, you shouldn't even be thinking about work. If you're thinking about work, you're, you're not having that, that break, that mental break. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that to me has, has really, um, helped me through the last couple of years as I've changed careers and been, and gone into this knowledge worker role where it's, it's easy to just sit there during my off time and, and think about the things that I need to do. And I, I just need to have that, that day where I'm off, I'm spending time with my family. Um, I've, I've started now, my family still wakes up later. Um, they were all on my night shift schedule. And so now I spend the first uh, four or five hours. Uh, I, I've started doing this new way of taking notes. So now I'm, I'm going back into my, my old notes, which are a jumbled mess and putting them into this new, um, note-taking app and this new system, this new way of taking like uh, what's kind of like uh, called atomic notes, like a, a single note on a on a compelling subject and weeding out all the extra stuff about pruning down to just the the real the thing that's really compelling and and getting rid of all the the stuff that's like not as 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 exciting to me. That's cool. If you're thinking about uh, work, mm -hmm. then you, you might as well go to work. I mean. Yep. So I believe the opposite's also true. If you have to work and your heart is longing that you wanted to be Shabbating and in your heart, you're at rest at heart, you're with the father. It's as if you were not working. Mm -hmm. That's what. Yeah. I and I, I, I fully agree. I, I I'm now in a position where I don't have to work on 
uh, the weekends. But when I was in that nursing role and I had to work on the weekend, yeah, it, it was it was about okay. I'm going to do things differently today as, as much as possible. It's the, the, what am I dwelling on? What am I, when I have downtime, what am I reading? What am I focusing on? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, we'll say, well, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. Which could be scary, but he also (laughs) knows your heart. Like, gosh, I really wish I could be doing this. I wish I could really give to this right now. It's, I believe as if you did it, it's that mitzvah is as if you did it. Um, but so can you tell us some messy moments? Because, you know, we've already talked about just even not doing, you know, there's probably people like, oh, what you do? What on Shabbat? What do I have? I mean, you guys are, what are you saying? Um, that might be messy for someone listening. So we love yeah. you. We love you. <laughs> uh, but I want to ask, is there been other times that it's gotten messy for you? A, a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which time? <laughs> I, you know, I, I had started on a good path. I felt, you know, I had that five minutes, uh, do the five, the Shabbat for five minutes, but I, I quickly became kind of enthralled in, in a lot of the, the core, we'll call them core teachings that the messianic movement has listening to some of this stuff. That's, and I don't know where I, I did not know at the time, know where it came from. I just accepted it as gospel truth. Cause someone showed me a verse and told me what it meant. And I clearly, that's what it means. Um, I had some extra GI Bill money, so I decided to go to Bible college and just get some free money um, because, yeah, I know this Bible thing. I, I'll I'll just blaze through the Bible classes. This will be easy. So I, I got into a Master's of Biblical Study with Old Testament Focus program, and I, I get started, and and uh, <laughs> I remember, and it was, it was a little bit more challenging than I expected, and um, I went in, it was a remote program, but I could, I had to go in this one week and I don't remember what the question was, but I, I made a comment about Hebrew versus Greek thinking and how Hebrews thought cyclically and Greeks thought, thought linearly. And my professor looked at me, stopped the whole class and said, let's talk about this. <laughs> and he says, are you telling me that people of a certain race or ethnicity experience time differently. And I was like, well, no, but, (laughs) and long story short, he basically, I found the book later. He said, yeah, that was a theory from a 19, one single book written by some Christian theologian in the 1970s that got thoroughly demolished later on by later theologians. Um, but it was a, it, it was a, uh, you know, a, what's the, you know, brain candy. I forget the the term I'm looking for. It was something exciting that that was uh, sensationalism. That's the word I was looking for. It was something sensational to claim. And so it's stuck with a lot of circles and, and he's, you know, ultimately what it is, is Greeks and Hebrews thought the same. They all experienced time. They all experienced cycles in nature. Really, when we're talking about that, we're talking about Middle Eastern um, honor and shame type of a culture versus a Western culture, and and you can actually see people in the world today who have that that difference. Um, and that for me was just that was that that messy moment where I suddenly realized I didn't know as much as I thought I knew, and that I probably should actually, you know cool my horses and 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 pay attention to to that there's a wealth of knowledge out there 
and stop thinking that other people who may not have as much truth and i if you can't see me i'm using air quotes for for truth there um have and so i that really drove me to an, to the point of appreciation of of other ideas that i won't i i i won't read books by people i agree with like i don't read messianic books <laughs> I, I already know that one... i already know that so <laughs> <laughs> the only person i could because i'm great friends with her and i actually love because she actually has a very different opinion i love dina dye's books um but I love reading books by Catholic theologians or liberal theologians. I, I I don't agree with everything they say, but they offer these challenging and unique perspectives that I wouldn't get reading an echo box of our echo chamber of, of everything that I already know and agree with. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that, I mean, that, that to me is probably my, my key messy moment. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one because it also challenges us because many of us have been you maybe you've sat in the pew your life if you grew up in church you sat in pew or the pew and you've had things just regurgitated at you that you took as truth and you never question and one of the things i think uh i think that we both would say to you is that question everything mm -hmm. question everything and that is i mean a good rabbi is gonna not give you answers but ask you more questions we look at, we look at Jesus, Yeshua, he's going to say, well, who do you say that I am? You know, there's going to ask questions, continue to ask questions. So do the same thing and challenge yourself. Um, I listen to an app every day. It's called pray as you go. Now, do I recommend this to everyone? Absolutely not. Because when I do, everyone freaks out and they're like, oh my God, did you know that's a Catholic <laughs> app? I'm like, yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. But what it causes me to do is stop it causes me to think about things in a different, I've had an encounter with a holy one listening to that app that I've never had before because it pushed me to a place with him that and questioning something. And it caused me to sit in a moment of silence that I don't normally take. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. Some days I listen and I giggle because I'm like, well, that's a choice. <laughs> but the other times I'm just, it's beautiful to be challenged and to be pushed to think a little different, to be pushed to yeah. um, what, what it's done for me, for those of you who are like, oh my gosh, what are you talking about? If you go <laughs> on and you do it, I love this app because it has a part of it that has an immersion where you listen and they talk, talks about a story and then it will challenge you to go into that biblical story in an, as an immersive experience. So now what mm. I'm doing is going through Torah yeah. in an immersive experience. Am I standing at the altar? What does it smell like? Am I'm there with the priest and what does he look like? What is he wearing? How is he butchering this animal with me? How, what's the, what is this looking like? Who's in line with me? How, what, how are people acting? Like I'm trying to immerse myself Look yeah. around what's missing. What's missing from this part of scripture in, in the, in a, you know, ancient near East, what's going on that I might know about that I need to now study. And then what's missing that they're not saying here. And that's how it challenged me. And it's a Catholic app. Right. <laughs> well, I, I love that because yeah, I mean, I, I've, I haven't, I'm not familiar with that app, but um, that was one of the things with, with, especially with the parables, but honestly, with any part of scripture, I think we do that at some little level. We try to identify with someone, but we always identify with the person that we like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I don't think that's what, what the scripture is truly calling us to do. We're supposed to identify with Cain. 
right? Find the places where we're, we're, we're like Cain and find the places where Cain had some level of, okay, I, I see that, you know? I mean, he, let's look at Cain's perspective. He goes and he offers up what he thought was great and he looks over it and he perceives that God loves Abel better. How many times in our lives have we offered and done and 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 believed that the very best that we had and we look over at someone else and they're uh you know a a a heathen in our perspective but god's blessing them they've got a they've got a great job they've got five cars they've got a boat and we get upset and go well why are they so blessed and i'm here and i'm keeping all your feasts and all of this stuff oops now we're identifying just, with Cain. I don't. I think you were in my kitchen this morning. My this is literally our the six thirty a.m. this morning. My husband and I's conversation. Literally oh, wow. this conversation about like <laughs> how is this? I mean, and it was like how is this okay? How is this happening to them and not you know? And we were talking to la- laughing at ourselves for being Cain because literally <laughs> doing the same exact thing and we're laughing at ourselves going. Oh my gosh. So we stopped and we like, let's stop and just be grateful for some things. We need to shift the, shift the atmosphere here because, and the Lord literally shared with both of us, that person, no matter what you think, you know, about them, they're a giver and have given Mm -hmm. and given. And it's a principle with me. And it says, if you, then I will, and I'm keeping my covenant with them because they did. And I am. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. So being in that, I, I, you know, sitting in that it's real, it's real y'all <laughs> get, get into his word. It's for you and not letting someone else tell you what it means. Find yeah. out for yourself. I think that you, you're, you're, you would be an advocate for that, right? Absolutely. And I, I would actually go beyond that and say, don't find out what it means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um explore what it means and be willing to have to to be at a place where you can say it could be both it could be either of these yes i like both of these ideas exactly. and i'm not going to choose one right because i don't think the bible is calling us to to be certain about anything other other than maybe jesus is lord <laughs> i mean i'm uh, gonna tell you the minute that i am certain He's going to be like, yeah, I am living my best never life. I'll just say that. I will never. That doesn't mean that. It never will. Yeah. it. I love that. We were talking before this all started about the whole theology of certainty. Mm-hmm. If you're certain, you if uh, something other than who God is, who Jesus is, if you are other than that, nothing else is certain. Everything should be on the block. Everything should be willing to burn up in the fire and and hope we have challenged you we're gonna hop into our rapid fire here so you get to you get to know our guest ryan a little bit better and before you go stalking him if you don't know him i have to ask you question we're asking everyone what is something totally useless that you have memorized movie lines from almost every disney child children's movie out there i can (laughs) And I mean, I couldn't probably quote one to you off the mo- off the the cuff, but every time someone says something, some line from a kid's movie comes to mind because I've seen them a hundred times each. <laughs> and probably could sing the song or something along with it. Right? Oh yeah, 
Yeah. I make up okay. my own lyrics, but yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Okay. On a scale of one to five, five being very, how adventurous are you? Maybe a two to three. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I guess it, de- it depends on what it is. Like I'm like, I would never go skydiving. I'm sure it's fun, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not that. And I'm, I'm definitely not an adventurous eater. Um, having grown up vegetarian, people come to me with like, I won't eat any meat that looks like the animal at what used to be. I won't eat a cow tongue. I don't care if it's kosher. <laughs> Inter- okay. That's good. I love that. Okay. So are you a guy who follows directions or do you improvise? I improvise. Yeah. <laughs> Until you're I, so I deep, you have to have the directions or. <laughs> um, Yeah. I, I I like I like to be aware of them, but I like to improve upon them. Oh, um, I like that. Okay, that's that's kind of I mean, that's why I, I do for a living now. Is I I understand the directions and I figure out where they don't make sense and I find better ways to do that. I like that troubleshooting. That's good. Um, it it taps into inner control freaks. We all love that. <laughs> Birthday? Do you go big or do you go low key? I go very low key because. It's just, I, I'm, I've never been, I've never been big on any of the holidays, like the, all the, the stuff with it. Um, yeah. What is, now this is interestingly enough, this is the question that seems to get everyone to learn the most about you. M&Ms by the handful or one at a time? If they're peanut M&Ms, I generally do one at a time unless I'm really hungry. Ooh. And then one at a time, is there a, is it by color no, it's it's just by the closest one to my fingers. Okay, you will have and to you have to I listen to Matt's before. podcast, and you will have a whole <laughs> new pers- understanding. You're like, he's like, I don't think anyone but my wife knows this. Now everyone knows it about how he eats M and M's, and I'm not going to tell you. You have to listen. So, Uh-oh. what is something you really want to like? I mean, you just really want to like it, but you just you just can't like this. I can't like it, but oh, I want to. Messianic music is that okay to say? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, I mean there's there's some that I like, but um I I'll be honest, I have always liked hard rock <laughs> music and it's very hard to get behind anything slow, especially if you're going to the gym and you're trying to to get pumped up to to lift some weights. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to to throw on like I, I can't, I can't bench press while listening to Paul Wilbur. I'll, I'll be yeah. the first to admit it. It'll be hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to break. What is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, my house. <laughs> I say that because I all like, I the have staycation. always a staycation. We're always going somewhere and it's mm-hmm. so it's fun, but it's exhausting. Right. They, um, they always says you got to come home. You have a vacation from your vacation. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Israel? I've been there three times, four times, maybe. What is your favorite place to go? Oh, um, not the Western Wall. I like I liked um, I actually liked uh, the Itamar community. Okay. okay. Um, that was a just a really just. I, I honestly, I, I did not feel close to God at all at the Western Wall. I'll, I'll tell you that um, it, it just felt too religious. And I, I, I don't like using that word lightly, mm-hmm. but it just felt like everyone was just there to put on a show. 
Um, but Itamar uh, was just, it, it just felt like a place where you're just out there and you connect um, with just like what it was. I mean, you just, you see the, the most rural area and um, one of the, the, the key things that, I mean, this has just always stuck with me. The first time I went there, um, we met with the, the rabbi and his wife at that community. I mean, anyone who doesn't know who it, what, where Itamar is, that's in the, the West Bank area. It's on this little little hilltop, um, just an isolated community. They were there. I don't know. It was ten years ago. Maybe someone had came into that community and killed a bunch of people. Um, so, um, but we talked to the the rabbi and his wife. Uh, his wife's name is Leah, and she came in there and, and talked to us. And the thing that stuck with me is she said, "God didn't bring." Israel into the land to study the Torah. He brought them in to to become farmers and shepherds and and to live and work the land. He set aside certain people, but he didn't he never intended all of Israel to be a bunch of Torah scholars. Um and that I mean, you know, and I've felt called to study the scripture because I I true and teach it because I truly enjoy that, but I don't feel I, like that, that was like a burden of relief. I don't feel that I need to make, you know, as much as me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, and I felt that when I first became like, we got into the whole teaching gig, I always felt like I had to bring everyone to my knowledge level. And I had to be like, if I did a teaching and you didn't come out knowing everything that I knew that I failed, if I treat you one thing that makes your life better, you could forget the rest of it. That's all I that's all I was there to do. And and maybe that one thing you learned didn't have anything to do with the Bible. Um that's beautiful. Because yeah, we just but a beautiful place. And if you are need a place to support uh friends of Edomar, you can go on there mm-hmm. and, and support them in their ministry and what they're doing and the schooling of the children and the and feeding of the community. They have a beautiful ministry. So um thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you, thank you for sharing the messy stuff. Um, that yeah, and we really appreciate you appreciate your work in the kingdom and encouraging all of us yeah thank you so much for having me it's a big honor so you guys you know sometimes it gets messy and i pray that you've been encouraged today that um it your your walk with him doesn't have to look like everyone else's walk and i pray that you would uh ask more questions today absolutely and that's a wrap on another messy antics adventure my fellow spiritual adventurers From splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps, we've truly experienced the full spectrum of messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering but always beautiful path of faith, it's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guest who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.